Hello folks, and guess what? This my name is Chevin Dumont. That's my name in the game. And the game of the game is Popcorn Breath. That's what you're listening to today. Why you listening to? I don't know. But guess what? It's here, you're here, so just enjoy yourself. Sit back and relax and enjoy the next episode of Popcorn Breath. I know you're gonna like it. And before we get there, I just wanna tell you guys, there were up on iTunes. And I know there was all kinds of troubles before and the police got involved, and the neighbor got involved, and there was a missing dog, and a lot of trouble. But everyone's happy, and the show's up on iTunes, and the police have filed all their paperwork, and there's, yes, there's stuff to do in court later, with lawyers and judges, but it's boring, and I don't really want to talk about it. And no, we didn't find the dog, but the show is up on iTunes, so if you like iTunes, and you like the show, the goal is the w.itunes.com slash I like the show backslash Popcorn Breath is a good show forward slash download and then you click on the link and it download all the new episodes I hope you enjoy that I enjoy you take off your shirt I don't care if you're a man or woman I just want to see you without a shirt enjoy this episode of Popcorn Breath cause this one we're talking about the thing with Mike Quill and Filmmaking man and Mark Gallagher, the man who eats the food. Popcorn bread. Popcorn. Popcorn bread. bread. God damn it, you did it again. You're listening to Popcorn Breath. Thank you, I guess. Really, Really don't know why. Really, really don't know why you're doing it, but I appreciate it, because I'm never going to shut up, so if you're always going to listen, then we're going to, something's going to work out here. Uh, this week, I'm talking about The Thing, which I think, I'm going back in my head, I think that this is the first John Carpenter movie I've done on the podcast, so that's cool. Uh, he's a really big deal. Me, nah, he's up there with my favorite directors. Right now, it always changes, right now I think it's Richard Donner. But maybe next week it'll be John Carpenter, I don't know. Today I'm talking with a filmmaker. This is different, usually I'm talking to um, quote-unquote comedians, but uh, I'm actually talking to a genuine filmmaker, someone who makes money doing it. His name is Mike Quill. How are you, sir? How you doing? I'm very good. Excited to be here. Cool. So you, yeah, I don't know, does this need to be funny? Uh, we just need to talk. Okay. There's no pressure on just whatever the hell you want to talk about. We roll. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Because we picked, like, the most serious <coughs> you could ever pick. Yeah, it'll be hard to be funny. Yeah. But that's why I like this movie. It's, uh, it's a very serious horror movie. Yeah, would you consider it, like, like a, a more sci-fi or more horror? Because uh, it's kind of it's both. I but guess it's both, yeah. Um, I look at it as more, like, obviously there's a lot of science fiction elements in it. But the general atmosphere of the movie is that it's it's a freaking creepy movie. So, right. I if if someone held a gun to my head, it'd be like, it's a horror movie. Why are you why are you doing this? Like, what are you getting out of holding a gun to my head? For mm-hmm. I I don't know. It's like, what kind of kicks are you getting? Yeah. I well, it's it's a horror movie. Are you, is that fine? Can you leave my family alone, please? And he would leave. And I, but I don't know why he did it. That was weird. Yeah. But you know what? You know, that's how people get their kicks. Holding yeah. guns in people's heads and asking what 
kind of genre they think certain movies fall into, then if that's how you roll, that's how you gotta do it. As long as just don't hurt my kids that I don't have. Mm -hmm. um, John Carpenter, we could do like an hour on the guy's forehead alone. I think. Yeah, I mean, how old is he? He's like 80 years old now, right? Is he really? He's getting up there. I don't know. He looks, I, I would he say, looks terrible. Well, he's he looks terrible. Oh, man. He looks like a John Carpenter character. Yeah. He looks like something that came out of his own imagination, which makes sense. Yeah. He's always kind of looked the same. Yeah. He looks a little older now, but he's always looked like a creepy old guy, even since when he did Halloween. Mm. Yeah, I like I like Carpenter because he, he keeps it real. He's... He's angry, he's pissed off. Yeah. Um, and uh, he's not, I mean, he's not very good anymore, is he? Does he make good films um, anymore? John Carpenter is in semi-retirement right now. Yeah. The he's last making music. Did you, did you hear I this? I didn't know that. I would love he's, to listen okay, to that. Okay, so he's making, he's part of a, he's part of like five different musicians who, they're making a, an electronic album. It's John Carpenter... David Lynch, uh, who's the other one? Um, It'd be cool if they got Robert song. Rodriguez involved no, in that. another big person. No. Um, oh, oh, Trent Reznor. So this is like the old wow. electronic album. That's pretty cool. That I've ever you know, heard of. This sounds awesome. Um, but, uh, but Mark, can we, can we back it up a little bit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, have I ever... I don't think I've seen you for like 20 years or something. Yeah, it's been, well, 30, 30 I, years. Have we even been. ever met? I don't yeah, we've met a couple of times. I, <laughs> think, I think the last time I saw you, I was in a graveyard, and you were walking by, and uh, we had a little conversation. I think you were, you yeah, were at Express okay. Video yep. when it was over on Pond Street. Yep. It was a video and star I worked at for a long time. And uh, you walked by, and we had an awkward conversation. Sure, sure. Because I don't really know how to read you, Mark. Well, I mean, I'm I'm unreadable. I gotta stay that way. I gotta stay in the shadows. Yeah. Otherwise, if people can read me, then 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 they can just close a book on me. Yeah, because you know, I think <laughs> you kind of act like you're a nice guy. A little bit. But I think yeah. you're actually more of a, maybe an asshole. Um, without question, I'm an asshole. Yeah. Like if you if you, <laughs> um, this is great. Like turning the tables. I I usually uh, I am very cynical. I'm very skeptical, and uh, I, I, I don't really have a big group of friends. Mm -hmm. I have like three or four people that I primarily hang out with, mm -hmm. and otherwise I kind of hang out in my cave in the darkness. Yeah. So. With the toys. You got a lot of toys here. I have a lot of toys, yeah. Are any of them valuable, or? Uh, the Beetlejuice doll? I sold my most valuable, well, maybe one of my more valuable things recently, mm -hmm. just for, because I needed the money, but... Like three or four years ago, I bought a replica of a ghost trap from Ghostbusters, mm -hmm. made by Mattel, mm -hmm. and I paid like a hundred dollars for it because I had I had to have it, didn't I? Yeah, you, you I had, had to. to have it. Yeah, and I um, it it went up in value like it like it was four hundred and fifty bucks I sold it for on eBay. Yeah, so I had you know I was like Jesus, it's worth that much. I'm getting rid of it. I want to know. What the conversation was like when you and your girlfriend are talking about putting the Slimer print on the wall. Like, she she just put that. No, she just put it up. She put it up. Yeah. Okay. That was a gift I got. Do you know Robert Coe? Yes. He got that for me for Christmas. Okay. And then I just kind of put it somewhere and then she just hung it. So she must like 
you know, the same kind of stuff you like. It's just with you, right? Yeah, otherwise we wouldn't get along, yeah. I don't think. It's pretty obscure stuff. I mean, you, you, you only watch, like, crappy B-horror movies from the 80s, or... Uh, Did you say you watch everything, but you I, just, your specialty is... That's the stuff that I that that really clicks with me. I just like the the atmosphere. That, well, first of all, the the way the film industry worked then was a lot different. Mm-hmm. There was a point at which, and this happened like in when did that movie Heaven's Gate come out? You, you you know the uh, Heaven's Gate. Heaven's Gate. It was it starred that friggin' the country singer. Uh, forget the guy's name. So that's not how he's in Blade. Mm-hmm. He plays Whistler in Blade. Mm-hmm. Um, it was all right. What, what's the <laughs> what's the movie where Christopher Walken is playing Russian roulette? Deer Hunter. Deer Hunter. Same director as that. I forget the director's right. name. And they only made a couple of films, right? Well, yeah. They Be, letting him make exactly because Heaven's Gate was they they threw a lot of money at it because they were like this guy made Deer Hunter. It was amazing. Yeah. Made a lot of money. It got a lot of good reviews. Let's give him whatever the hell he wants to make his next movie. So they did, mm-hmm. and he got everyone in a lot of trouble because it got bad reviews. Nobody went to see it. It lost tons of money, mm-hmm. and that was sort of a changing point. This was in the late '70s for the film industry, where instead of instead of just making stuff that they thought would work, they started bringing psychologists into it mm-hmm. and accountants, and it became a lot more of the business model that we know now. Where Right. They can, now they have it down to a science, which is why a lot of like even if I see a movie, and I think it was great. There were a lot of things holding it back from being like perfect, you know. Right. So and you think you think the the older films before the the new system of you know they only make movies that are three hundred million dollars, or they make movies that are like one million. They don't make those, those no middle movies. Yeah. Because they 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 figured out that they only make money on the, the superhero movies. Or something like that. Yeah, well, if you turn, if you want to be an accountant, like if you want to look at everything mathematically, er, these are investments, you know. So right. if you make a movie for three hundred million dollars, potentially because of all the money you've invested in getting big name actors and directors and all that, um, also marketing the thing, potentially you could make like Avengers right. made two billion dollars. That's what everyone wants to do. Mm-hmm. If you make a fifty million dollar movie. And you double your your investment, hundred million dollars. It's not bad, mm-hmm. but it's not two billion dollars. Right. And right. I think that's everyone's goal is to make two billion dollars every time. Mm-hmm. And then, like you were saying, the million dollar movies, like uh, uh, what are those? The Paranormal Activity. Right. How much? How much cost? I don't know. Thirty. No, thirty grand. Well, the oh, first one. Grand. Yeah. The first, I, yeah. And and then how much did it make? Probably like seventy million or something like mm-hmm. that. Well, that started with the Blair Witch Project. <coughs> yeah, yeah. Films. But what I like about what you do here is you, all your film choices are based on nostalgia, right? Uh, kind, you know, kind of. Like, this is early. This thing's, uh, like, at the beginning stages. I'm sure... I, I know that I don't think I've done a movie that wasn't set in the 80s. Mm-hmm. And it's not so much on purpose as it is. I'm just doing all the movies that, first of all, I try to make... You know, the guest picks the movie, although I'm just like, eh, how about, you know what I mean? Did you just pick the thing? Did I push you at all? No, I, I, I threw it out there, and, and okay. you immediately said yes. So it's were perfect. Were you actually enthusiastic yeah. about that choice? Or? Oh, yeah, okay. definitely. Good. Um, it's because, like, 
early on, I just want to do all the stuff that I love. Right. And there's obviously there are movies that were made later that I that I loved too, but mm -hmm. it just hasn't happened yet. Can you tell how many people are li listen to these podcasts? I I I think I have just just under a hundred regular listeners, people that, that listen. Many. Just under a hundred, uh -huh. like like you know, like late eighties, low nineties. It go, it fluctuates. And it goes are, up and who down. Who are these people? Your I, friends? I think they're all my friends. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. even impressive, though. Hundred people. Yeah. Well, I have this. All right. So the guy that I upload these things on a thing called Fans.fm. Mm -hmm. The guy who puts them together, his name's Kyle Shank, and right. he he has some. He's a friggin' He, he his mind is in a place I could never imagine being. He did uh, Pee-wee's... Uh, yes, he did Pee-wee's, yeah. yeah. And he has this thing set up where he can track the people that are listening to the podcast. Uh -huh. So if... I don't know how it works. I really don't. Like, if someone with the same IP address listens to more than one episode, mm -hmm. they are considered a subscriber. Mm -hmm. So that number will go up and down because... You know, this person won't listen to this one, but they will listen to the next one. Mm -hmm. uh, however, it works. I don't know, but I know generally there's about that many people listening to each of these episodes that come out. Gotcha. Well, so. I've listened to most of them. What do you think? Is it worth? I like it. Yeah. I listen. I usually listen to it at like four in the morning, lying in bed. In the That's it. Nice. Listening to your voice. So, <laughs> you know, with all the various things I could be doing on the internet late at night sometimes I I do really get into it cool oh well th see I don't get a lot of feedback from it like I know that people are listening but when I make them I don't like the sound of my voice so I don't I have a hard time listening to it yeah I probably wouldn't be able to handle listening to this either yeah <laughs> oh like your own yeah I don't like the sound of my voice oh either. so you, like you've been how long have you been in Brooklyn uh, two or three years now. All right, so you can like throw on like a weird accent, and it's not you. Yeah, you can do that the whole. It was I can't even. Do, what's a Brooklyn accent sound like? Uh, I, it's sort of like a Boston accent, but I don't know, a little different. Like the only one I can imagine is in uh, Wayne's World uh, when when they're doing the chroma key thing. Do you remember that? Uh, hey, I'm from New York. <laughs> Let's go to a Broadway show. Mm -hmm. That's a Brooklyn accent to me. I'm sure I could do it if I listen and try to, and I, and I bet I do by accident sometimes. But yeah, now do you do you have any formal training doing uh, comedy or acting? Meaning like taking classes and yeah, stuff like that? Yeah, trained no, or no. Yeah, so where does it come from? This just like this doing desire to be funny. Uh, I it's always been there since I was a little kid. I remember uh, way way back when. You, you remember comedy Def Jam, right? Yeah. There, it was a show that was on. I remember it being on HBO. We had stolen HBO when I was a little kid, mm -hmm. which I didn't know it was stolen until I was older. Then I was like, "Oh, they were stealing that shit." Uh huh. Um, Your parents? Yeah. Nice. But I remember there was something I liked about the comics on there, and I and I bet you I didn't get any of the jokes, but I was just like enjoying it. Yeah. There's no way I got the... Like, I'm talking about, like, like a little, little kid, like, six or seven years old. Mm -hmm. No way I knew what the hell they were talking about. Yeah. But, but I just liked that, mm -hmm. and I remember there was a project that I had when... It, I think it was, like, an art class thing. They said, draw what you want to be when you grow up, and I drew, uh, like, a microphone, because I was like, I want to be a comedian. So mm -hmm. it's always just been... And then I think I tricked myself into thinking that that's what I should do. So... Right. 
So then I just try. Right. And, you know, so far, have yet to succeed, but... But you, uh, you, you like, do a lot of stand-up, right? All, yeah. All over mass. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I gotta check out my shows. Um, yeah, I do, like... What is your stand-up? Like, you, you don't do... You don't have, like, bits, do you? You just go off... Or do you have characters? It's both. So you actually have yeah. stuff, like, you have jokes written yeah, out, yeah. and you're doing the same jokes every time, or are you just uh, kind of improving the whole time? I have, like, the same ten minutes that fluctuates. Like, I'll, I'll do ten minutes for, like, a month or two, mm -hmm. and then I really get sick of it, and it slowly morphs into a different ten minutes, okay. and it just keeps happening that way. But, yeah, like, the jokes I did last week, I'll do this week, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and just keep doing it that way. And, and also, I've been focusing more on characters, but I do, like, weird character stuff, because I, I kind of like that more. Yeah, and not a lot of people are doing that either. So it's it can be like something to make myself stick out a little bit. You know, you don't see you don't see too many tech tip characters out there. No, no. Yeah, it's. I mean, your 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 brand of humor is pretty unique. I think. Oh, cool. Is Appreciate it, that. Do you think it's is it based off of anyone in particular, or is it? Um, I was I was actually I just this is I'm recording two podcasts in one day, but you guys probably aren't going to hear this until a week from. Uh, I don't. <laughs> yeah. This all right. So what's tomorrow? Today's the sixteenth. Uh, I have no idea. I think today's the sixteenth. So you said you guys are listening to this on the twenty fourth. So a week ago on the seventeenth, I was talking about uh, my my favorite, my all time favorite comedy special is Delirious by Eddie Murphy, mm -hmm. and specifically the end of that when he's talking about his family. So I know he's a really big influence on me and Dana Carvey too. Mm -hmm. And then the list goes on from there. But those guys are really big. But I think your your brand of comedy it's so obscure, and I don't think that most people like, the, like get it are gonna get it. Yeah. Like I, like for example, like when I go to your website, which I by the way I haven't. It's like I go to the website and there's like all these buttons that you should be able to press, but you yeah. can't press it. I'm, I'm I feel like that's a joke. Um, well, and eh, not really it's like, like a bad technology kind of website. I said I set up that thing forever ago with with bad technology, and uh -huh. I haven't updated it since because I I have other like I have Twitter, I have Facebook, I've got YouTube, like I have all this other shit uh -huh. that I'm like ah, I'm just gonna do this, and I'm I'm horrible at marketing and and organizing that kind of stuff. And right now I have this website for this podcast, and mm -hmm. my idea is that I'm gonna transition everything onto that website. Uh -huh. So that'll be the place that you can go to for all my crap. But okay. it's a sh awful website. It's, I mean, it's it's like, it's pretty backwards, but I yeah. think that's part <laughs> of the fun of it. Like, I don't really feel like you update it too much. Never. I haven't like, touched that thing in a long time. Calls on there and that's when I was into it, when yeah. I put them on there. It was a long time ago. But I can't even check out all your recent videos on that site, can I? I, mean, I don't think so. YouTube channel? Yeah. Okay. YouTube slash Nards YouTube dot com slash Nards three K, and I haven't really put anything up there in a while because it it's hard like doing comedy shows. You, like I work a nine to five job. What so do you do? I I put computers together and in, in servers and stuff like that and sell them on eBay or okay. to to like uh, Dominicans, random Dominicans that walk in. Uh huh. Um, Is that a fun job? Or? I have fun there because I they kind of just let me do whatever I want. 
Because mm-hmm. as long as I'm bringing money in, yeah. they they don't care. Can you be in character? Can you be like detect- detective? I, I have fucked with people on the phone before, but generally I, you know, yeah. I, I try to keep it cool. But sometimes I, I will fuck, because I get calls all the time, people trying to buy stuff from me. Yeah. And and you can tell nothing's going to come of it, so then I just have fun. Uh-huh. You know, because why not? Yeah. But, no, I just kind of, it's, it's I'm, I'm pretty boring there. Um, you're pretty normal. Yeah. So, so right now you're doing the podcast yeah. thing? Yeah, which is kind of a job in itself. Like, yeah, I have to edit this work, thing, right? and I have to mi- I don't have to, Do but... Do you I edit this? Kind of, like, kind of. Like, if we talk for... We can talk for one hour max, or... Uh, I try... When I say edit it, I mean, like, go in and see, like, if the levels get too high okay. anywhere. Yeah. I, I try to fix that, and if it gets to the point where where it's... Like if there's something in there, I'm like, ah, I don't know if I want to have this, and I'll cut it out. But there's certain comments. Yeah, uh, yeah, I haven't done that a lot, but there's mm-hmm. stuff in there. I'm like, hey, you know what? Maybe I shouldn't have said that, so I'll pull that out. But usually, I just talk for an hour, and then when I say editing it, I I intro and I close it out and I put music in there and stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wait. Yeah. I was I was so. I was hoping to get like a really bizarre <laughs> intro. Yeah, oh, you wanted a weird intro? Yeah, I thought. Oh, maybe, you you mean maybe. like at the beginning of the show? Like yeah. The, I do that later. Yeah. That late. Okay, so we're gonna get a weird intro. Yeah, I'll give you a weird intro. Right, good. Yeah. Good. Um, can we do like? Can we? Can we? Because because I getting to this film here, the only funny thing about this film, in my opinion, is Wilford Brimley. Wilford, yes, yes. What do you think about Wilford Brimley? Is is that this uh, the older That's guy? The that, old like guy. he's off in the shack. By himself, yes, he's the yeah. one who gets isolated um, in the shack. I think Wilfred Brimley gets a bad rap because of those diabetes commercials. The diabetes. I I think generally that guy um, tries his hardest, but he's turned into a joke. I don't even know if he knows he's a joke either. I don't know. I mean, I think he's still alive, actually. Yeah, he is. He's like yeah. in his eighties. But when I was um, watching the film and trying to do a little research, because I was, you know, I got a little intimidated about. It. What are we gonna talk about for an hour here? Oh yeah. Um, so I started to dig into it. Yeah. Tried to, to find the funny here. Uh huh. And Wilfred Brimley, I mean, dude, I got I got hooked on that on his YouTube channels. Yeah. For yeah. like three hours. There's really? So <laughs> videos of Walt of Wilfred Brimley uh, with the diabetes commercials. It's hilarious. Oh, so one okay, one difference I want to talk about with the uh, the remake. Yeah, okay, so before we started recording this, we we briefly were talking about the remake. Yeah. Which I, I, w- I would love to go over that for a while. Yeah. Uh, I watched it. I watched it a couple of times, and it's okay. I mean, if this if this one, if the original never existed, then you'd think, yeah, it's a pretty good movie, right? Um. Yeah, that's kind of where I stand with it. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, you know, the thing I don't like about new, new horror movies is the... the the fast-paced editing and the, the, the jump scares. You know, they've always that's what drives me the crazy. Why, why do filmmakers think that's what the audience needs these these, these days? For example, like the, the thing is in the ice block. Yeah, you know, it's in the it's in the, uh, the back of the base. Like in the in the original, it's subtle. It you know it just disappears. Right? Yeah. In the remake, it like explodes out of the ice, and it's like a you know a shocking, trying to get you out of your seat kind of scaring. Yeah, it's just not subtle. Like I feel like that's a good distinction between the original. Like, was the filmmaker thinking like that's how I'm really gonna make the remake like edgy and 
really updated. I, I and think they're going to add women too. There's a there's a lot of um, a lot of the filmmakers that are that put together. I guess that'd be considered a mainstream horror movie. Yeah. I think that they are really good pitchmen, mm-hmm. really good salesmen because to, to get the job you have to present your vision to the studio and be like, "This is why I'm your guy." Right. And they're really energetic. Yeah, we're gonna do this. We're gonna do that. And and more so, it's it's like machismo more than it is genuine skill, because all yeah. the good horror movies are all about atmosphere, and you don't you don't see that anymore. Like you were talking about Lords of Salem. You said you liked it. I wasn't yes. a big fan of it, but I think we can both agree that that movie is all atmosphere. Yeah. And that's what. Uh, Rob Zombie is one of the few modern horror filmmakers that is is actually trying at least trying to do it right. Unlike right. unlike uh who who the fuck directed the new thing? Do you even know his name? Fucking French guy. I don't you know. don't care to look his name up, do you? Cuz you weren't impressed, so you're not Oh, what else did this guy care. make? I don't care. Yeah. He probably made the Hills of Eyes remake too. Oh, okay. It was so actually not bad. No, it wasn't bad. That's Alexander Aha or yeah. Alexander He's it's a French guy. Yeah. Another a French guy. Yeah. And uh he's he's okay kind of. Mm-hmm. He made that movie with Oh, what the hell was the name of it? There was a movie where... Oh, did he make, um... What the head crushing scene? Yeah. Yeah, he made, uh... The, the it was a French head movie. The gets, like, smashed in, in the, in the uh, staircase. Yeah. Yeah. What, what was that? It was a French movie. Yeah. And was it was a girl that's running away, and... Yeah. I'm gonna ruin it for you. I don't even know the name of the friggin' movie, but this is a problem that I have with... There's a scene... The killer... You, you, you always see the killer... It, you think it's a guy, and there's a scene when the killer is, like... Fucking ahead. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was good. And then at the end, you find out that the killer was a girl, and you're like, "That's fine." But if you know, like in Fight Club, where you find out the big twist ending, you can yeah. go back and carefully watch that movie and go, "Holy shit! They they really did it! Like they they so careful. There's so there's no many moments. Uh, there's no moments in there where he really slipped up. Like you right. you can. Everyone knows in Fight Club that. Uh, Brad Pitt and Edward Norton are the, are the same guy. Mm-hmm. When you rewatch that movie, because the first time you watch it, you don't know, and the second time watching it, you know you can you can see how careful they were. Just like in the Sixth Sense, mm-hmm. they were extremely careful with mm-hmm. that. And in that the movie that I don't know the title of, maybe, maybe I'll I'll find out after I'll, I'll yeah. put it up in that thing, or I could look it up while we're talking. Yeah, um, can we, can, is that is that cheating? Not at all. Okay. Because I, I think... So you've listened to this a few times. I know that I bullshit. But yeah. <laughs> when I'm talking, I'm just like, ah, that guy directed database it. database pulled up, like, checking the facts? Or uh, and a fact, a, a check, a check. You know, I sadly enough, I trust my brain, and I really, I really shouldn't. So, it's sort of like um, the twist in Sleepaway Camp. You know what I mean? I Yeah, that's a great one. That movie. Where the girl has penis at the end. That movie's hilarious now because yeah. it's so cheesy. When I first saw that, I was like a twelve, maybe. Like yeah. I know I was really young, and I watched it at a sleepover with a bunch of friends, and mm-hmm. it got to that scene where it's a it's a wide shot. She's standing there with a knife. Her mm-hmm. jaw is like open way more than a jaw should be. Yeah. And she's you can see her Happy dick. Shot, yeah. And because it, her mom wanted a son or wanted a daughter, so mm-hmm. she raised her son to be a daughter. Yep. And and just making this noise like, 
You do you remember that? That was creepy. Yeah, it was. It was like a. It was like a wide shot. Yeah. A head to toe shot, and it was creepy. Yeah. And that. Yeah, it was a great movie. So so I when I now I watch it and it's fucking laugh riot. Yeah. But when I watched that when I was. I you know I I couldn't I I was between eleven and thirteen like I know it was really young uh, young enough that it just scared me I didn't yeah. think it was funny or anything and my my friend that was sleeping over his name was Shane he got up and rewound it and played it again mm-hmm. and then rewound it and played it again I was like what? please stop yeah and uh, well it was like uh, that moment for me was uh, let me see. the head crushing scene in, in Toxic Avenger. Oh, was that, that creepy? Was, that was very yeah. terrifying. I watched my my dad let us rent that one. I was like five years old. For a sleepover, and it was terrifying. That had I mean, it still is a bizarre kind of really twisted scene. Did you watch that movie because of the cartoon? I think I I think we thought it was like a cartoon kids movie. Did you remember the Toxic Crusaders? Yeah. That. Uh, now, I didn't get to see I remember, I, I don't know if I was with friends, parents, or my parents, but I remember seeing that, and I saw Toxie, he's yeah. got the moth in the cover, mm-hmm. and it's just him, and it says the Toxic Avenger, mm-hmm. and Toxic Crusader, Crusaders was my favorite thing at that time, mm-hmm. and I, I was like, oh, can we watch this? And I remember, it was, no, it was my friend's parents, and they, and they were like, no, we can't watch it, and I never understood why. Yeah. And then I got, I, I didn't watch the Toxic guy. Uh, Avenger until I was probably old enough, like early teens, to to watch it. Oh yeah, then and uh, it just kind of went off. But then I, but then you fall in love with like Lloyd Kaufman and stuff. Yeah, and, but it wasn't. It certainly wasn't like as scary as it would have been watching when you were a kid. Great nudity in that film, by the way. A lot, yes. A lot yeah. of nudity. Yeah. Remember the song scene distinctly. That was a good scene. The son. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. R- early on, right? Yeah. Oh no, there's a son scene where someone dies, right? Oh, yeah, they get yeah, burned yeah, on the yeah, thing. Yeah. yeah. Um. Scene. Alright, I'm still looking this thing up. that's another problem with modern horror movies. The nudity is no longer there. Uh, okay, that? I I think part of it is people are, people are trying to be more... They think they're being mature. Yeah. I You know, it's like, uh, we don't, we don't need to do that. We can, we can get our kicks some other way, but... That's part of the tradition of a... a of a certain breed of horror movie. Right. It's part of the tradition is like there's it, it's all the stuff that you're that's not allowed mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. like the the there was a lot of these movies were banned during like there if you want to go way back to the days of the drive-in a lot of movies were were um were not even like brought up to the ratings system they mm-hmm. wouldn't even get them rated they they would just like you know bring them to the drive-in circuit and just they would have their their reel that they would drive from town to town and then I, fr- I don't know how the transaction worked, but that was the system that they had. And you're, you're talking about, like, X-rated, like, porno movies and mm-hmm. stuff. Which, by the way, porno movies don't get rated. Like, rate... I think the X-rating existed a long time ago. Right. X, X rated X came before NC-17, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. And now there's not an X rating. Now it's... it's NC-17, I think, is what replaced that. Or it's unrated. Unrated means they just didn't present it okay. to the uh, to the Motion Picture Association, which is fine. Like you don't have to do that. No one said there's no law, right? But people, the reason people do that is because the um, major 
distributors like the major movie chains like AMC, Lowe's, and all that, they won't play something in their theater unless it's got a rating. Mm -hmm. And if it has an NC-17, good luck. Right. It's not going to do well. Yeah, because they're not going to want it playing on many screens, if any. Mm -hmm. And and so you're, you're kind of screwed in terms of like you're uh, getting it out in theaters. So you have to hope that you know you have fa enough fans to want to either stream it if you can get it on something like that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I feel like uh, a lot of nudity in a film will will scare people more than like a ton of violence. Yeah, it, which is weird, which isn't is it? Very weird. Yeah. Um, I mean, films have gotten are probably the most violent they've ever been now, right? Uh, yeah, because gore and because they're a lot more realistic. You yeah. can you can laugh at a lot of the silly even the thing the special effects are great and it's really creepy but it it's it's fantastical. Yeah. I in fact like I play the movie usually I play a movie in the background we're doing this thing and we have the thing on right now and and it's morphing into a dog and it it is just like creepy looking mm -hmm. but it's it's like fantasy horror and it's like kind of you know the the effects are it's all just rubber and fake blood. Right. Well. It's Animatronics is a lot of that too, yeah. Right? Yeah. Like probably a little stop motion or claymation or something like that. I love the feeling of that though. Yeah, it's it's got a very, you know, textured, real feeling. Yeah, I'd always prefer that over the CGI. I guess a blend of, of both is, is the best maybe. That's the best way to go and one of the few people that does that is like Guillermo del Toro. Right. He'll still use uh, you know, actual physical versions mm -hmm, mm -hmm. of like in the first or both Hellboy movies, there's a lot of great costumes and animatronic puppets and right. a good mix of CGI. When when you need it, you can't make like there's a scene in Hellboy Two where he has a giant plant monster that takes over well takes over a city block. Mm -hmm. It'd be hard to do that with a puppet, um, right? And make it work on the level that he wants it to work because mm -hmm. you you would have to. I guess use like a green screen and superimpose it, and it would still look kind of silly, the scale of it and everything. So. Right. So, like, I I see why people would need to use it. A lot of people abuse CGI though. They're just like, yeah, sure, just we'll take care of that later. We'll mm -hmm. just mm -hmm. high tension. Mm -hmm. uh, there we go. <laughs> high tension. That's How, and it is. and I think it's called hot hot tension or something like that. Yeah. And the the uh, original title or the untranslated title. Mm-hmm. Anyways, back to high tension is a scene when the killer's fucking the head, and then you find out the killer's a girl. Fuck you. You you didn't see it. It's been out for how many years? Over a decade? Yeah. Go yeah, fuck yourself. Um, there's a scene when the killer's fucking the uh, head with a dick, but then you find out the killer is a girl, and you're like, how would it, so, it that even... Mean, yeah. Like, yeah, did she throw... <laughs> exactly. So... Okay, wait. Can I just... Can, we, can I draw our attention to this scene? This is a great yeah. scene. Wilford Brimley is like examining the thing on the uh, on the surgery table, and it's just hilarious, like the acting going on here. Like, look at this guy. He's very yeah, he's great. He's he does a lot of uh, lip stuff. He, yeah, he's got a lot. He's like a mouth actor. Yeah, he, and and he was a he was a cow. He was a, he was a real cowboy. Yeah. In real life. Oh, was he? Yeah. So because like, I always see him with that hat and yeah. stuff. He was a cowboy, so he was, you know, used to, you know, hunting and killing and, you know, carving up a, you know, a carcass. And so uh -huh. this is all like, he's kind of method acting. Here. He's, he's been here, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's done this before. 
I think it's important to point out that this is Wilford Brimley pre-mustache. That's that, right. That was a big time in, when when he transitioned over the mustache. Totally different guy. Yeah. Is this pre-Quaker Oats commercials? Oh, well, see, I don't know. Is I don't even know. Was, the Quaker Oats guy. was he the Quaker yeah. Oats guy? Um, I think he's gray-haired in those, isn't he? Yeah. It's yeah. Be later. Yeah, this is pre-that, too. This yeah. is something fun that was pointed out to me recently. Wilford Brimley in Cocoon is the same age that Tom Cruise was in Mission Impossible 4. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's actually like a factoid? Yeah, I, you know. You make that one up. No, I didn't make that up, but I could be wrong about that. Um, I mean, why would you ever need to make that comparison? Why would you ever want to? Well, the reason being, obviously, the way they look. Like, Wilford Brimley in the in Cocoon is oh. playing an old man living in a retirement center. Oh. And, and Tom Cruise in Mission Impossible 4 is playing, like, this muscle-bound uh, spy. Age. I didn't, I've never seen Cocoon, actually. I like Cocoon for, you know, for what it is. Yeah. It's, it's just a silly... It's about... It's all these old people. They live in this retirement home. And they don't do anything with their lives. They're just kind of done. They're, uh-huh. They've retired. They're all done. They're just waiting to die. And then there's an egg that they find in their swimming pool uh-huh. that, or it's the cocoon, like an alien cocoon. Uh-huh. I forget how it ends up in their swimming pool, but it does. And when they swim in there, they feel rejuvenated and 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 youthful and everything. And then uh, Steve Gutenberg, I think, ruins everything for him. Who made that one? I don't remember. Mm. But uh, what was I going to say about... Oh, Wilfred Brimley, my favorite performance is in the... Which Ewok movie was he in? Because there's two Ewok movies. Yeah. There's, I don't know. There's, uh, what do they call There's Ewok Adventure and then Ewok The Battle for Endor. Uh, he's in one of those. Yeah. Man, that he that guy will bring tears to your eyes in those movies. Yeah. He's a good actor. He's just hilarious. Yeah, but I, but I guess the sad thing is he doesn't know. Yeah, he's unaware. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the, uh... The, the diabetes commercials that he did is the best example of that. Yeah, I mean, do you think he's aware? He's like 85 years old now. Do you think he's like on the internet, like looking at all these remix videos of his diabetes commercials and you know laughing at himself, or do you think he, yeah. he hasn't seen <laughs> them? I mean, I think he hasn't seen them, but I think there's two different in the world that we live in now. I think there's two different types of old people. There yeah. are the ones who are just rolling with the punches and they're like okay the internet's a thing that's I'm gonna use email mm-hmm. and then there are the ones who are like I, I don't I just stay it yeah. and I think he's the the latter yeah know? so I don't I think feel, I mean don't you, I, I kind of feel bad if you saw him and realize everyone was making fun of him I, unless you think have a good sense of humor of it? unless he's such a super genius comic mind that mm. he's like you know it's gonna be funny is I'm gonna say diabetes even though that's not how you say it. Why didn't the di- producers tell him? <laughs> you, you can't pronounce well, diabetes. He's such a pro- profound, well-known actor at that point. Yeah. You can't really push him around. Like, Have you ever seen Orson Welles when he's in that wine commercial? Yeah. And he's blasted. Oh, my God. <laughs> they're they're like, sad. action. And, and it's just silence. <laughs> and he has these two extras at the table. It's just like pure silence. And he's like half awake. Yeah. And, and there's nothing. He's like, action. You're, you're waiting for something to happen. And, and then uh, they're like, 
awesome, you, you have a line here. And then he looks up at these extras, they look like mannequins. And, and he looks at one of them, he's like, he doesn't say anything! <laughs> um, I, I guess, like, like, how do you push Orson Welles around? How do you go you know? from being debated, having made debatably the best film I ever made to, to that? He had a lot of bad luck in his life, and I, I think he had, that was a big success, and he had a few others mm-hmm. early on. And then after that, he just had no hits. And a lot of people say he was cursed by the, the it was called the Curse of La Mancha, when, when he tried to make the Man of La Mancha. Right. And right. Uh, the Don Quixote. Terry movie. Gilliam. He got to cursed too. too. Yeah. yeah. He's going to try again. Terry Gilliam? Yeah, that's what I heard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's, he's going to try to. He's not giving up on that. Yeah. Oh, I also, can we point out the, uh, the, the painting? Uh, the oh, the matte paintings. The matte paintings yeah. in this movie. That was re- I was started researching that kind of technology. And that I doubt you see any of that these days. I'm sure there's not at all. Map. And that kind of that kind of gives it the the aesthetic of, of the movies that I like. I like the, yeah. the animatronics. I like the matte. Yeah, paintings. yeah. Just gives it this aesthetic that is kind of what you describe it as a uh, fantastical. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's. There's, it's really hard. Like I have a hard time expressing what's so great about movies like this because I don't like it because I think it looks bad. Mm-hmm. Because I I know for a fact that you can the the technology and the elements that they're going for here you you can do a better job with digitally. Mm. But there's something about something being just a thing that you can touch. Even even in a matte painting, mm. it's there. It's in the frame. The way they use a matte painting is they they. That's the dead art form. It was. A, it, was a, it. It took a, a brilliant artist to put something like that together because you put a, basically a piece of glass in front of the camera, mm-hmm. and and say you know you have like a, a landscape in front of you that you want the bottom half is is fine where the actors walk, but then in the background you like we were just looking at they have these glaciers that they had this giant pit where there's a spaceship and everything like that. That's obviously not naturally there, so they right. have somebody actually paint it to look to match the the background that they have going on there and it has to work with the with like the the, the light that they have going on because if they do if they do an exterior they're, sh- they're shooting outside it has to match with like the daylight and everything and yeah and that's specific because there's so, so many different types of daylight I know it, it's brilliant so they only have so much time to put this thing together or if they fuck up they have to wait until the elements work out again or paint another one yeah, the the problem today is is you know today they just put a green screen in the background and you know figure it out later and you know yeah. ship the job off to India. I, and I now you know that's why the the, the effects business is, is is terrible now because are you, you're aware of this. Well, like Special you can't. Special effects people are. It's like dying left and right. You yeah, can't. yeah. They've got to so basically the film. The films go, you know, wherever they get the best tax breaks. Yeah. So now the effects guys have to go where the film is being shot, so they can get the tax breaks. Uh huh. So these uh, these effects guys are having they're like nomads now. They're, they they have to like move to Canada or move to India or wherever the movie's shooting. Yeah. To do the uh, the effects work there. But I feel like uh, you know the the old way, you know, with a matte painting. You can't outsource that. No, that's something that actually has to be thought about, you know, while you're filming it. And 
Yeah, I feel like maybe the green screen is is a problem. Yeah, you know, again, like I, I, I think people just aren't finding the happy medium. Mm-hmm. They just settle for, and imagine a lot of filmmakers that are that are coming into their own now. They they're growing up with movies that were CGI from the start. That's like, they don't have... Obviously, anybody can go and watch the thing, but I think there's a difference growing up with a movie like this as compared to just finding it. I mean, do you think... Do you think a 15-year-old, if they watched the original thing, not talking about the black and white one, but yeah. John Carpenter's The Thing versus the remake, are they going to like the remake better? Like, do young kids appreciate these old movies at all? Um... That's a really good question, because I I think like our our fi- is a fifty a fifteen year old now grow up watching Ghostbusters and like the movies that we grew up watching yeah or are they watching like garbage made in like the two thousands <laughs> yeah I I honestly like I've thought about this before and I I would think that if you if you have gen a, a good taste then you know that you know that the new thing is not as good as this one. Right. Because the movie works in its own way no matter what. But at the same time, I'm sure like when I was when I was like really young, I was I had an issue with black and white movies. You didn't like them? I was like why would people watch this when you can watch a color movie? Yeah. That was really my opinion. Right. And then you get older and you're like, "Oh, what the fuck was I thinking?" Well, well yeah. I don't think most people can handle watching a black and, black and white movie even yeah. as an adult. Yeah, no, I just think, um, I, I don't know what it was. I It was just me being a rowdy little douchebag. Yeah. And, and I was like, yeah, fuck your old way. Yeah. But then you, you watch a black and white movie now, and there's one thing that I sometimes I still have an issue with is the way people people don't talk naturally. Because right. it was... The style that, was definitely more formal you know, back then, like a play. Yeah, yeah, and everybody was coming from the stage, and, and they weren't necessarily as influenced by movies as, as they were, you know, live performance and stuff like that. Right. So everybody talked like this. Yeah, because they, they had to, like, because the microphone was, like, hidden on the table. Yeah, so yeah. So everyone needs to be, like, projecting towards the table, and it feels like a play. Mm-hmm. It feels stupid. So, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know. Like, movies from the 30s I can't really get into. There's some movies, you know... Yeah, that's fun. I really you were talking about Citizen Kane. I really, really like that one. Yeah. I mean what was that? Forty? Nineteen forty? It was I you you probably know more than I. Yeah. I know it was in the forties, I think. Um but uh I mean, you watch a lot of those movies like Citizen Kane and the cinematography is still I would still say it's it's amazing, even by you know, in today's world. If you appreciate like if you the more you learn about film history, you can go back and appreciate movies that you otherwise wouldn't know to appreciate. Right. Like with that one, you're talking about the cinematography, There, there's so much cool stuff that they did in that movie that no one even thought they sh- could even attempt because they knew that you, you really can't because it hasn't been done before. Mm-hmm. And Orson Welles, who had never made a movie before, he was just like, well, no, we're going to do it. I just want to do it. The whole, was he 23? Early 20s, I think. It's crazy. Nuts. Um, but he he just demanded that 
like like there is some cool I don't know if it's been done before but I know this is a really cool shot I think they do it a few times but I know at the beginning of the movie it's like raining outside and the camera is is um is slowly moving towards a skylight yeah and then it it transitions to a shot inside that building right. so it's like the camera moves through the window right people do that all the time now it's still it's kind of cool but yeah, it's been it's old hat now Hitchcock um, and Psycho remember uh the opening scene of, of Psycho is it's like these uh, skyline shots and then you get closer to the window and you go into the window and it's uh, Janet Lee and John Gavin I think on the, on the, on the bed uh-huh. but yeah, yeah Hitchcock wanted to have that kind of swooping like one continuous take shot yeah it's great I mean I don't know I don't know if people appreciate that stuff anymore. But, uh, I guess you have to you have to like know a little bit about just the, uh, you read a little bit, you know, but you just need to know a little bit about the history of things and and the story behind the movie. Yeah. Sometimes you just watch the movie, you're like, oh, was whatever. But if you know, like with with um, Psycho, mm-hmm. if you knew that all the sh- bullshit that Hitchcock went through just to get that movie made, and then he paid for it out of his pocket. Yeah. Then you kind of appreciate it a little bit more because it's that rebellious, like you mm-hmm. want him to win because he's mm-hmm. the underdog. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah, not the movie. movie. That's that's yeah. just like the backstory. Okay, I have a question for you. I'm yeah. Gonna... So, are you upset about Video Express? Oh, you. Stores? I I have like a whole story uh, are you about boycott this, or can we make a, a boy- video or boycott the closing of it? Yeah. Well, I I don't know if you know my the past that I had with that. I worked there a long time, like eight years. You burned, did, you, that. did you burn a bridge? No, the guy that ran the place burned a bridge. Um, what happened? Did well, all right. So the store was gonna um, CVS wanted to ex- expand their business. The the ba- it basically it's one big complex, right? And there's different uh, sections and you know different stores. Like they had a convenience store, CVS, mm-hmm. and, and yeah, dry cleaner. Mm-hmm. And uh, they you know the lease is a couple of years or something like that. Mm-hmm. And once the lease is up, the property owners have decided they don't want to give it to the video store again because CVS does a profit sharing with with their uh, with the property owners. Mm-hmm. So if they do well then the property owners get even more money than they would have just in, on rent alone. Right. So they're like, okay, we're definitely going to do that because the video store won't do that. So get out of here. Right. So the owner at that time, because the the video rental industry was on a really steep decline, made his decision to close the store. He was all done. Mm-hmm. All was done. this after Blockbuster closed? This is just before. This is um, when he made this decision. It might have been like a year mm-hmm. before. Okay. And uh, so he's like, "All right, I'm I'm done. I'm gonna close the store." And he put up store closing signs and started selling inventory out. And it, and I told him, I "Was like, well, you know, this place still brings in money, and there's you can just move it to another location, in Newburyport. You have, like, sure, at some point this business model is gonna be dead." I had a lot of ideas that you know were. You could try to keep that business alive by... Everybody loves movies no matter what. Mm-hmm. Like, if, if you have to watch them on Netflix or, um, you know, stream them on your phone or whatever the hell, people still love movies. So as long as your your business is movies, there's a way to make money. Mm-hmm. And I could go into all the ideas that I had, but there's just stuff he would never try. Were they bizarre ideas? Like, what were, oh, well, okay, so... Um, uh, run, may, uh, 
putting film festivals together with local filmmakers. Okay. And uh, just screening movies in the store. Mm-hmm. And because I know there's there's laws behind that. You have to like pay to, to the the studio money if you want to show so many people. That. But I was even when you're watching a, a VHS on the TV when you walk in, you gotta you gotta run no. by the studio. Or you can no, it's you if you yeah you can play whatever you want there. But if you have I think if there's like 50 or more people, technically you have to pay them. But if you don't charge them the money, mm-hmm. if you don't charge the money to watch it, then there's no money to give the studio. Oh, I got you. So my idea was like, okay, we can do stuff like that and have have movie nights and just and just charge for popcorn and candy and stuff like that. Right. And there's money in that, you know. And he, he just didn't want to bother with. No, that. he wouldn't do anything like that. I, I was like, you should reach out to local filmmakers and get, like, just rent their movies out, and and because then you'll have their support, and you'll be more stapled into the community and yeah, that kind of thing, and maybe teach classes. Right. But he wouldn't even know how to do that. Who is this guy? I mean, his name's Peter Herman. He's. Yeah. Do you ever meet Peter him? Peter Herman. Yeah. Probably. His initials are his middle initial is W, so P W Herman. P That's W Herman. Yeah. What the hell is this guy's story? Well, you he's know the guy the who kind of looks like uh, that guy made Beetlejuice. Oh, uh, Tim Burton. Does he, he kind of look like Tim Burton? He looks like Roberto story. Benigni. Okay. He looks exactly like Roberto Benigni. Okay. Like, there's no difference between the two. Now, the, that guy, was he just a businessman, or did he actually yeah. like movies? Did not give a shit about movies. He really um, didn't. The only movies he liked were romantic comedies. Did he have uh, uh, a, his own section? No. He didn't? No, oh, because he didn't like movies. Yeah. So, he, like, all the employees had yeah. walls, so they, he didn't care. What were, what were some of your movies on, on, your, oh, on the, your section? Like all the shit that's on this podcast, like yeah. Ghostbusters and the thing and stuff like that. Was it a competitive thing? Like you wanted to curate the best um, wall of, of Mark's picks? Or? I, I think it was it was more of like... It, I think it was fun for everyone to have their own flavor. Yeah. Because you know, there weren't a lot of girls that worked there, but if there was a girl, now you have movies that women might be more appealing to, to women... Mm-hmm. Not to generalize women as like that's a category, a subsection in itself, but obviously there's movies that appeal more to women than men, and vice versa. I, my, I would love to have had my own, you know, shelf. It's co- it's a my cool specs. idea, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I would get really into it, I think, and really want to curate what I felt were the best movies, and I'd probably you know get a big head about it, like you know. It's like, I've these are the movies. This these I've got the best taste, you know, yeah. these are the best movies ever made. Well, I think the way it works is, like, everyone had their own thing going on. Mm-hmm. So, like, I, I would always have, like, weirdo gonzo, like, comedies and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then somebody else might have just, like, all horror movies. And mm-hmm. someone might have, like, all horror movies and documentaries. And mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes people would fight over movies, which movie to put on. Like, oh, dude, I, 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 that's my favorite. Yeah. So then there'd be a whole thing. Were you, know? you ever, like, top dog there? Well, I mean, I worked there for the longest for a long time. You did. So I was I was a manager there, so mm-hmm. like I was calling some shots, if you want to even say that. Mm-hmm. But in in like, it's a small business. There's not really a ladder to climb. Right. And the guy that ran it was that it was his ship, and right, right, that he that he ran into the ground. Yeah. yeah. So wait, was there like a? Dramatic exit? Well, yeah, so here's here's the story. He's closing... When we were in CVS, mm-hmm. or in that plaza, he was done. Mm-hmm. He was all done. And I was like, you know, you don't have to do this. There's other places that you can move to. And and um, I even brought him around town 
for a couple of days one week where I was like, look, this place, one of the places was the tannery. Like, right. this place is, is available. And uh, he's like, yeah, I don't know. I just don't think my heart's in it anymore. It's like, your fucking heart was never in it. Yeah. You know, um, so he put up the store closing sign and started selling all, all of the inventory. Mm-hmm. Every, everything was for sale. And there were no more rentals. You can't rent. You, you can only buy shit. And I got serious about it, and I did all the math because all the numbers are in the computer. And I was like, if if I did this the way he's doing it, $60,000 a year might not be a lot to him, but mm-hmm. holy shit, that's a lot of money to me. Right. That's um, how much he was pulling in at that point? After all the overhead, yeah. That's how much money he was bringing himself. And how much did he need to uh, like be there? Was it, a, was it a full-time job for him? or? No, I mean, he didn't do anything, but he was there a lot because he had no personality, no life. Like yeah. If he wasn't there, he would probably drink. And that mm-hmm. would be it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's but not bad for an easy business to run. Oh, it's such an easy business. Oh, a- at that point, the way he ran it, you just you you buy the stock, mm-hmm. you pay for you know the employee's wage, and uh, that and that's kind of it. And mm-hmm. really, when you're when you're buying the, the inventory, it's paying for itself anyway because that's where your the profit is. Mm-hmm. So you need to, obviously if you pay twenty dollars for a movie. And you're, you're, say it's five dollars a rental. It's got to rent out four times. After that, you're clear. Mm-hmm. But that's all. That was all the overhead. Mm-hmm. And then you know, obviously, renting the the place, paying for rent. Did you keep track of like how much this VHS is made? Uh, that been you could you could look that up. Yeah. But I didn't. Well, here's okay. So here's the thing he did. Right, he's closing the story, selling all the inventory. Before he did that, VHS was not really doing that great because DVD was. Mm-hmm. In a lot of ways, DVD is better than VHS, like in, in pretty much every way. Uh, one of the big ways for me was that the the format, um, the the aspect ratio was correct. Right. You know, because all VHS were were um, uh, full frame. Yeah. You know, a four four three right, ratio. The edges are cut off. You don't see what the you don't see what they shot. Yeah. <laughs> kind of um, so that so everyone's renting. DVDs and, and the VHS weren't doing it. So he's like, oh, I'm just going to sell them all to some guy. I'm like, well, how about instead of charging like $2, charge $1 and mm-hmm. see what happens. And then when people stop, because the, all the VHSs are paid for. They're taken care of already. Right. So well, how about charge $0.50 cents a rental mm-hmm. and just milk it until there's literally no money left. And he's like, oh, I'm just going to sell them all. Mm-hmm. And so he sold them all to some guy that, that probably backed... Matters. What's that? Some nerd. Well, it was a guy he dealt with wholesale, like he sold stuff on eBay. Okay. And there are there are not as many now, but there are a lot of VHS tapes that have value because they didn't get uh, reprinted on DVD. Mm-hmm. So the only way you can see this movie is if you get the VHS. Right. If you sell that on eBay, there are some VHS movies that sell for like hundred dollars, if wow. not more. Not a lot of them, but yeah. you know, the ones that never made that transition. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of fun ones, like real weird, shitty horror movies that yeah. no one cared to put on DVD. Now, do you have VHSs lying around here? I don't see any. Uh, I have, I have like a box of them. I, I don't really uh, like. I, there's, are there any in here? No. I don't see any. No, I, I have a box of them in the other room, but not, not a lot of them. Right. Um, but it's fun. Like if you go to a flea market, you for like a quarter or 50 cents oh, yeah. you can get a VHS movie and if it has a cool box sometimes it's higher yeah the box is you know. good, good enough to buy it on so, so okay so what happened so alright so he's he's uh, selling 
all the inventory. I did the math. I was like, even if this was on a decline, I, I can still make this much money, and it would make sense. And I was like, how much do you want for the store? And and he was like forty thousand dollars I went for mm -hmm. all, all like all the movies and and the computer system all the all the information that's on there and all that and uh, so I was like okay and so I went to talk to my father about it. I was like it makes sense like it, it <laughs> like <all the> <laughs> yeah I want to buy the video store yeah and, and he was like Maybe well sixty grand that's kind of what it was he was like if we can get a loan and you know that you can pay for it yeah. Then sure, I was like, I showed him all the numbers. And it only made sense, yeah. you know, just do it and for five years because in in like a year and a half that loan would have been paid off for, okay. it. and then it then it just takes care of itself like it was for this asshole. Right. <laughs> so I we we got pre-approved and and I was like, okay, this is the money you wanted. Here you go. I'm pre-approved. So let's go through with this. And he's like, okay. So that night, we took the store closing signs down, and it was my, my store. So you I'm owned the store for a night? For a night, yes. Uh, none of the paperwork was signed. It was just a handshake. Mm -hmm. And a handshake to me means a lot. Right. I'm sure it means a lot to you. Yeah. Because, I mean, that's, yes, we're doing this. But to this guy, evidently not, because the next day he said, you know what, I changed my mind, and I want to move the store. Okay. And that's why I moved to the tannery, to right. the place that I found. Yeah. Wow, he, he took the spot that you found. He said, I still want to keep you. I was like, if you want to do that, you got to give me insurance. Uh, I, I want two weeks paid vacation. Yeah. Simple shit, yeah. really. Two weeks paid vacation, that's like uh, one one day a month? Yeah. Come on. He, he you said know? no? No, he said yeah. Oh, okay. So we moved, but then he didn't give me any of that shit. And we got into a lot of arguments with each other. Uh -huh. And then one day he told me a really uh, sad story about how he went out to dinner with his brother, and they were going to get a bottle of wine, but he opted not to because he didn't know if it was, uh, he should do that. If that was a smart thing to do was to get the bottle of wine while they were out to dinner, which was his way of explaining to me that he's not making enough money and oh, he okay. can't keep me. Uh -huh. He has to let me go. So he let you go. Yeah, let me go, and then that was the end of it. And But but obviously I'm not on good terms with him. Wait, why? Know? I mean, he had other employees. Yeah. Oh, I know. I forget yeah. it. Why did he have to let... His reasoning was, like, I I can't uh, keep... I was working during the days. Uh -huh. He's like, well, I'm just going to work during the days, and then we're just going to... I was like... I didn't even argue with him, because I was all done. Right. Like, I worked there too long, you know? How many uh, years did you Like, eight years. Wow. Yeah. So it's like, okay, whatever, I'm going to move on, but mm -hmm. go, go fuck yourself, right. you know? Um, he did give me hush money, though. What's that? Because uh, <laughs> I... So the next day, people were like, how's the store doing? Because we're moving, this is a question everyone had. How's the store doing? I was like, ah, real bad, I guess. He's got to let me go. So I don't think things are doing it. I was telling that to everybody. Uh -huh. He's like, listen, if I give you uh, $500, will you please stop? It, yeah, it'll, he'll, he said it'll be like a um, like a severance. Wow. Like, what a, eight years, what a severance. <laughs> that's, but, that's interesting. So I was like, sure. And so I got that money. Hush money. Hush sure. money. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, I went in there. Uh, I haven't stepped in there since that last day I left. How many years ago was that? Um, four and a half years. Okay. Yeah, I went in there yesterday. Four years? Yeah. Just to check it out. Yeah. Just to relive. It's barren, my isn't it? Youth. It was really depressing. He he didn't, he doesn't decorate the place? It was, it was like white. A lot of white everywhere. Yeah. It's really depressing. Yeah. It's it's a there was an set. Yeah. There was an obese woman behind the counter <laughs> with headphones on, listening to her iPod. I looked 
I, I went in there and I immediately thought, oh, what am I doing in here? Yeah. I looked through the movie posters in, in the box. Uh-huh. You know, there's nothing good. No, because they don't make good movies yeah, anymore. Yeah, I thought, okay, maybe they've got, like, really cool curated sections here. Yeah. You know, weird cult, you know, sections. That's what I used to like about movie stores is that, you know, someone went out of their way to curate, like, you know, genres and subgenres and all that. And that was it's funny you say that, how you too. learned about movies you wouldn't have heard of otherwise. Right. And uh, I, there was a horror movie section, which was which was the only interesting thing going on. Everything else was just, you know, very bland. Yeah, he just has the his his method is I want to keep it as simple as possible. So I'll have a horror movie section, uh, sci-fi, comedy, drama, and 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 like I think that's about it. And like foreign. Yeah. And a big argument I had with him, which is something I would have done if I had the store, amongst mm-hmm. all these other ideas. Maybe they would have worked, maybe they wouldn't have. But mm-hmm. it would have been different. It would have mm-hmm. been something different. Um, I I wanted to have a ton of subsections. Yeah. Because, and this like is at the time, films. There, it would just, it wouldn't, right, so you wouldn't have just a horror section. You would have horror, and then in horror there would be trauma. Right. right. And then... Um, uh, Italian horror or, so, or something like that, mm-hmm. because when you do that, it gets people who are who are passionate about this, which this guy couldn't understand. He's no passion for it. Right. To to go, oh, they have an Italian horror section. Mm-hmm. Just I just pulled that out of my ass right now, but you know yeah. what I mean. Yeah. Um, then they want to watch them all. Mm-hmm. That was great. I want to watch this one, and or or like a John Carpenter section, mm-hmm. so, something like that, just to make it different, because then it becomes for. It's overwhelming if it's just horror, right? And you're 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 sifting through there, and you're seeing shit like I know what you did last summer next to class. It's like the thing, right? They don't those shouldn't touch each other. Yeah, they they'll they'll both get sick. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I mean, I a lot of my childhood memories were in Express Video. To be honest, I would spend sometimes up to two or three hours. Looking mm-hmm. through movies on summer days, AC was blasting me with my buddy, and we'd do the five for five deal, uh-huh. five VHSs for five dollars for uh-huh. five nights. Yeah, and I, you know, I went through all the shitty horror movies that they had and yeah, watched them all, and it was great. I remember Express Video used to be a chain. There yeah, was there was a couple of them, right? Yeah, there was one in Hampton, New Hampshire, and there was one I think in Portsmouth. Yep. There might have been another one that in Dover or something like that. Mm-hmm. When there was a guy, his name was Bob, I forget his last name. He he sold all of the individual stores to different people. Mm-hmm. And all the other ones closed. And the one in Newburyport was the only one that stayed open. Um, I, li- I grew up in, in a few different towns, but I spent a lot of time in Hampton. Mm-hmm. So I did the same friggin' thing that you did. Yeah. Right? Ride my bike down to the video store with my friends. And we would just pick a new movie from the horror section. Mm-hmm. And that's when we we rented the. We were talking about um, uh, Sleepaway Camp. Yeah. That's we got that from Express Video in Hampton. Yeah. And that's what we do. And and like, especially when you're younger, you're you're not as, like I'll I'll look at movies and roll my eyes and give them like ten minutes of my time now. Right. And uh, you just put on Netflix and you just, you know, everything's at your fingertips. Yeah, you can stand. Ah, you don't need to. Mm-hmm. Then we would just watch the whole thing, right? If it was good or not, and we didn't really know if it was good or bad, right? It was just a horror movie. We wanted to see a horror movie, mm-hmm. so we just watched the whole thing. Mm-hmm. 
and I have like all these weird images in my head now mm-hmm. from some of these really like sometimes a poorly made horror movie it can be disturbing on its on in its own right just because of the like t- texture of it mm-hmm. it's it's shot poorly in the bad lighting and there's blood and stuff like that right it's like makes you feel uncomfortable just because of the vibe that it has yeah I mean I, I it's interesting that yeah now now I really you know when I sit down to watch a movie I'm more I give it more thought, and I, and I seek out a movie that I want to watch. And so, but, but when I was a kid, the renting the VHS is like, yeah, you, you'll watch a bunch of shitty movies, and it was kind of fun. And yeah. now I can't, I could yeah. never watch those shitty movies. Because I'm glad it's I hard. have that background. Yeah, yeah, definitely, because it's it's just like, I I don't know, like you only look back on it with with good feelings. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I agree. I have a hard time. And I want to, like I told you, I'll go to the yard sale and I'll see some dumb movie. I'll be like, yeah, it looks like that could be fun. Yeah. And, but it's hard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's hard. It's hard to sit through. But I, I wish, like, I feel like, are you the type of guy who will make scenes in public? Um, for, it depends, like, no, like, for fun. Did you for, for like just break the window, express video, oh. the rock? Yeah, I rock, have, I still have fantasies of of like just doing horrible things to ruin that guy's life. Yeah. Like I still have those feelings. Do you react on that or are you too? I, well, I don't. I don't drink. I think if I drank, I I think I yeah. there there'd be a lot of bad stuff in my life. Yeah. <laughs> you never drank. No, I You're just straight ne- edge. No, I don't like to say that. Like you smoke I, cigarettes. No. Yeah. But I I know that. <laughs> You could say that that's what would define me, but uh-huh. I don't do it for the, that reason, being some kind of club or something like that. Wait, can we just comment on this? This is hilarious. He's got the noose. Yeah. He's got the noose ready. Yeah, Brimley. Wilfred Brimley is now locked up in the shack, and he's, he's saying something like, I'm okay. Yeah. Just let me out of here. Calm down, and I'm okay. He's got a, a big noose next to him. It's pretty hilarious. Yeah, it's he, you're right. Like he does bring a little bit of levity to this movie where otherwise there is none. Yeah, this is a bleak movie. Yeah, it's very bleak. The the one thing, like, again, like it's been like a year since I watched it. And you know, it's funny. Like you can watch a movie. I I just did Ghostbusters. I think I brought this up a few times, but mm-hmm. every time I watch, I see a different thing. There's a different thing you focus on. Yeah, and. The, I remember the last time I saw this, it, I thought it was kind of annoying. Like, sometimes this movie will just fade to black, and then it'll open up somewhere else. Yeah, there are fade to whites and fade to blacks in this movie. Yeah, and I don't know if it helped. Yeah. May, some people might like that. They might, oh, I thought it was cool that it did that. But for me, I was like, why don't you just, like, cut to, like, show a few, like, a thing on the screen that says yeah. two days later, or, mm-hmm. or um, cut to, like, a, uh, a, like, an establishing shot. Yeah. And then cut back to the where you're gonna go next. Mm-hmm, Instead, mm-hmm. I felt it, like looking at it, it looks like something. Where and you have more experience with this than I do. Sometimes you don't have enough footage, mm-hmm, and 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 you're like, uh, what, what do I do? <laughs> what yeah, do I do? Something in the edit. Yeah, and I it seems like in this they they were like, uh, let's just fade to black, I guess. Yeah. Or maybe that was the look they were going for. I don't know. I don't or know. Carpenter I mean, was going for. I, I mean, would you... Okay, we're gonna, let's call it, for sake of conversation, we'll call this a horror movie, right? Because mm-hmm. that's what you'd say we've got. I mean, 
to me, this is top three best horror movies ever made, period. I think this, The Shining, and I don't know, what, what else would be in the top three for you? Well, for for me, I, I agree with you. Like, I can't argue. Oh, there we're fading black right now. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And then it cuts yeah. to inside. Uh, yeah, uh, we need that. No, well, why not well, cut I, to... It's a transition. It's trying to show time passing. But there's so many better ways to do that. Right. And I'm not... I By no means am I shitting on the thing. It's just something I noticed that yeah. I thought I'd talk about. But Some of the cuts seem a little dated by today's standards. Right. Um, but I, I can't argue with you in those being in in the top three. My personal... Mm-hmm. I Honestly, I think the, the best horror movie ever made is, is um, The Shining. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily my favorite horror movie. Yeah. But I can't I can't think of a good argument to say why it's not the best horror movie I ever think it's made. The best. It it is, I agree with you. Right. But my favorite might be Poltergeist. Okay. I haven't seen that Toby Hooper film. Yeah, yeah. S- Steven Spielberg produced it, right? I think he it, gave I don't think uh Toby Hooper, Hooper had a good experience working with uh, Spielberg on that one, did he? They're two totally different kinds of people. Yeah. I think Toby Hooper was the kind of guy that liked to drop acid and start directing. Yeah. And the rumor is and I don't think neither of them have confirmed or denied this, but the the rumor is that Spielberg had to step in and direct a lot of that movie on his own. Because because he either didn't like what Hooper was doing or Hooper was incapable of doing anything. Kind of like Belushi on Blues Brothers, where Aykroyd had to slap him, be, you know, dude, come on, wake up. Because <laughs> he was all drugged up? Yeah. Okay. That's the rumor. So Toby Hooper was, was on drugs making Poltergeist? It's only the rumor. Neither of them have said yes or no to this, but a lot of people have talked about it. So, I mean, how, okay, so what, Spielberg sees Texas Chainsaw Massacre and says, I want Toby Hooper to direct Poltergeist? How does you, that happen? I think that Spielberg has his own vibe that he goes for, which is sort of family-friendly with a lot of his stuff. Gay you, fantasy, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All of his movies are fantastical. Even the ones that are very realistic, like Schindler's List is very atmospheric. Uh, very, um, what's the word that I'm looking for? Um, uh, let's drop I can't think of my word. It's, it's, yeah. uh, and and uh, Saving Private Ryan, yeah. it's like a, like, feels like a classic type of World War II movie. Mm-hmm. And there's like gore and stuff in it, but it doesn't, doesn't screw you up in the way movies like Platoon would or Right. Um but I think Spielberg has a very wide um taste in like he I, I think he'll watch anything. And I I know for a fact that he saw the original Piranha Okay. And loved it. Cooper made that? No, that was um Joe Dante. Okay, yeah, Joe Dante. So then after that he, he was he got in touch with Dante. He's like, I want you to make Gremlins. Okay. So he'll, I think they gotta watch anything. Right. Spielberg produced that one. Right? We were talking about Paranormal Activity. That movie w- fa- found its way into DreamWorks. Mm-hmm. Spielberg saw it. Hmm. He brought it to his assistant and said, "Burn this! I never want to see it again." Not because it was bad, but he's afraid his house is going to be haunted. Really? That's what Spielberg said. Hmm. And then he called the Paranormal Activity guy up. He's like, "We want to work with you." Hmm. So he he watched like you wouldn't think that, but he no, watches. Yeah, I mean. Spielberg was uh, became good friends with Kubrick at the end. Yeah, and so that's why he did AI, right? I respect that. Yeah, yeah, that's why he did. AI. Yeah, Kubrick wanted Spielberg, and you wouldn't think Kubrick on his deathbed is gonna say, you know, <laughs> Stephen, yeah. I want you to direct my last movie here. Yeah, because I I would think Kubrick wouldn't really think much of a lot of Spielberg's movies. I mean, yeah, you know, 
Jaws, I think, is his best film. Um, What's better it, than Jaws? It is. No, like, it's Jaws, Jaws is his best movie. Channels is, I still haven't seen that movie either. Uh, the other war film. I mean, those are really good films, but yeah. in terms of like his normal stuff, Jaws got the best. Right? Stylized is what I was looking for. Stylized. <laughs> I don't know why. I had to go back yeah. to that. Roll the phone, I'll stop you right there. Guess what? The episode is oh, not over, but it is over. What are you talking about? Get that mask off your face and tell me the real truth. The real truth of it is, there's a two-parter. God got you. Bet you thought you was going to hear the whole thing. Well, he isn't, because you're a fool. You want to tune in the next part? Well, you got to sit back and relax, and it's coming. I'm not going to tell you when. It's coming. It's I'm going to put it out on Friday. So tune in on Friday and hear the second half of the delicious episode of Popcorn Breath. And the second half, guess what? If you like the first half, you're going to love the second half. If you didn't like the first half, tune in this Friday. The second half is coming out.